Hello, and welcome back to the Isakos podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Lyman, with my co-host, Robert Marks. And this time we'll be talking about the 2023 Isakos newsletter, volume one, which uh, should be in your mailboxes as you hear this. Welcome back to the show, Bob. Thanks again for having me. So we're back for another year. And I think the big news is we're back in person. Isakos is back in full force after a lot of virtual and now meetings are happening all over the world in person, uh, which is one of the most important parts of Isikos, as we've discussed before. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy. We haven't had an Isikos in-person Congress, aside from the Neoarthroplasty Forum, which uh, you may choose to mention later, uh, in, in almost four years. So it's a very long time. And since that meeting, of course, we had the pandemic, and then in-person meetings started around a year ago, and Isikos being on a bi-yearly or every other year schedule hasn't met yet. So it's uh, really um, going to be a well, uh, long overdue um, in-person meeting for our society. Absolutely. Really look forward to seeing everybody in person again and, and uh, seeing old, old familiar faces and, and making new friends. So uh, very much looking forward to that. Now, Isikos hasn't been idle. There've been so many new initiatives and I've been very impressed at how the leadership has taken the opportunity to reinvent how content is delivered, how people are, how they educate the community and that sort of thing. And, and our current president, uh, Guillermo Arce, has traveled all over the world and has really done everything he can to, I think, both promote Isikos and, and make sure the members are feeling that, that they're getting something of value out of their membership. Uh, yeah, I mean, Guillermo's been uh, tireless uh, leading the society in terms of uh, going to congresses around the world. We uh, uh, taught together at a Isakos Anna sponsored surgical skills course in Miami uh, last November, but he was in Thailand, Singapore, Dubai, uh, representing Isakos uh, and teaching not to mention as the, the Arthroplasty Forum, which was in Chile. So uh, Guillermo has been very strongly uh, spreading uh, Isakos' teachings um, you know, around the world, c- collaborating with various different societies all over. It, I think that's been a really uh, excellent strategy on his part, and I look forward to what that leads to as things head back to normal. We, do, we also have a change in leadership in which uh, our inaugural editor, our founding editor of the Journal of Isikos, Nick Van Dyke, has decided to step down from that position. And he, uh, there's an interview with him in the episode of the newsletter, which I think people will find interesting as he shares his philosophy as an editor and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, Nick did an unbelievable job, in my opinion, running the Journal of Isikos, taking it from, you know, zero, ground zero, the beginning, to uh, a journal that's, I think, very impressive. And it's not easy because it's hard to attract content when no one's ever heard of you. You don't have an impact factor and you're basically uh, nothing. Uh, You know, I think he really, uh, through his hard work, uh, leadership skills, uh, scientific rigor, uh, has got the journal off to an incredible start. And I think he feels he's sort of done done the job and it's time to uh, have, let, give someone else a go. And I really am grateful to him for his uh, tremendous work uh, getting the journal going. No question. I was asked to be the statistics editor for the journal right from the start. And I really enjoyed learning from him the process of starting a new journal and how he thought about it and why he focused on the things that he did. He 
really the journal was focused on review articles to begin with because those are highly cited. That's how you can build an impact impact factor and get get listed. So it's quite strategic. And yet there there was quite a bit of thought put into how rigorous those articles needed to be. They weren't just narrative reviews. They were systematic reviews and meta-analyses and and more focused, well, well-designed summary studies, which I, I thought was a, a great way to approach the entire endeavor. Yeah, I totally agree. And if you are interested in being the Isakos editor, uh, the position is currently accepting applications. And if that's something you've always wanted to do and you've had experience as a reviewer, as a deputy editor, maybe it's time to throw your hat in the ring and, and take a shot at being, being the executive editor. And we do have some less happy news. Pete Fowler, one of Isakos's, one of the giants of Isakos, I guess we could call him, did pass. And you, you knew him quite well. Yeah, Pete, uh, Pete was the first president of Isakos when uh, the uh, International Arthroscopy Association merged with the International Society of Knee Surgery. Um, and um, so he was the very first president, founding member, um, and uh, just a, really a leader in sports medicine worldwide, but especially in Canada. Uh, where he trained uh, many people who trained me. I never actually uh, trained under Pete. He was in London, Ontario. I did my residency in Toronto, Canada. Uh, but he had a huge impact on sports medicine in Canada. Um, I got to know Pete over the years. Uh, Sandy Kirkley, who predeceased him um, tragically in, in a plane crash 20 years earlier, predeceased him by 20 years, was his junior partner at the time. And I got to know Sandy very well. She actually introduced me to Isakos just before, the year before she died. That was my first Isakos Congress, 2001. Uh, and she invited to be on an instructional course actually with Pete. And then um, not that long ago, I think it was 2018, uh, I was at, invited to be at the Fowler Fellow Society. So they have an annual meeting, all his former fellows, and went went to that meeting in in Victoria, which was, you know, really fantastic got to spend some time with pete and um he's it's a huge loss just a a great great human being great guy great sense of humor master surgeon innovator investigator really everything you could ask for so big loss um and he'll be missed uh no question uh i I did have a few opportunities to interact with him uh through Isakos, and he was always quite gracious and, and kind and thoughtful and showed an interest in me, even though I'm not a surgeon, uh, which I always appreciate. Uh, so yeah, definitely we'll miss seeing his face around the, around the, the Congress. Uh, if you are interested in more on his legacy and his life, uh, there was a giant in orthopedic sports medicine video that's available on Isakos Global Link. It was actually the very first of those in which he's interviewed with by uh, Ned Amendola, uh, our our friend, who uh, talked with Pete, so that he that has been documented, and you can go and watch that when you have time. Uh, moving on, we do have our first Isakos Congress in nearly four years, as Bob mentioned, and this will be in Boston, Massachusetts, June eighteenth to June twenty first, and I think it's going to be a good one. There's a uh, Obviously, that all the all the familiar content and lots of new things as well. Yeah, it looks the program looks very exciting, and uh, especially not having had a Congress for so long, uh, looking very forward as well. 
I think I think what's amazing to me, and this is what what I love about Isakos, apart from all the friendships, is it really is a global perspective, right? When you go to the academy and in the U.S., it's very heavily heavily American, which of course it should be. You go to ESCA, it's heavily European as it should be. But because Isakos is global, there are 350 faculty mem- members representing 47 different countries just among the speakers. That's just amazing to me that you've got that diversity of experience and perspectives that can all gather in one place uh, to learn from each other about how to improve uh, quality care in sports medicine. Couldn't agree more. And that's really why I got hooked on this society and this conference, this Congress, uh, because of just that, the, the different perspectives, the techniques, the varying approaches to things, uh, the different cultures really make it a uh, special meeting. And uh, the presidential guest lecturer will actually be an Olympian, an Argentinian judo medalist, which uh, should be special. There, of course, are the live uh, surgical demonstrations. And something new is uh, segments on Meet the Experts. So in different fields within sports medicine, you can go and listen to and interact with uh, some of the leaders and uh, in those in those areas. And concurrent to all of that, there's actually a sports rehab uh, course. So bringing in uh, physical therapists and rehabilitation specialists uh, to be around and interact with with the surgeons. So I, I, it's becoming more and more multidisciplinary, which can only, uh, I think, benefit everyone. Now, of course, as the format always works in the, the Isakos newsletter, there are a number of uh, reviews of different current concepts and other topics related to uh, orthopedic practice, sports medicine practice. And I think we'll hit a few highlights. I think, uh, first of all, there was out of India a a case illustration addressing failed surgical reconstruction of the medial side of the knee. This is a very interesting case study and and review of causes uh, that could potentially cause a medial side reconstruction to fail from Bangalore, India. Uh, and they discuss nicely all the potential causes, patient factors, diagnosis, uh, technical issues, graft-related issues, um, and uh, did so using a case so I, with, with some very uh, nice illustrations. So I thought that was a, a nice uh, current concepts piece. It's quite in-depth uh, with, with, with a lot of detail. Moving on, we've got uh, a review of reverse total shoulder arthroplasty, which I had done some work in this area early on at HSS, but I'm curious what the current state of things is. Uh, well, it's actually interesting because um, in my training at HSS and my fellowship in my residency before that, I'd never seen a reverse total shoulder arthroplasty. It wasn't something anyone did. And then after I finished my training, people started to do it a little bit in the United States. And What's happened is the technology has come so far that the indications have expanded a lot, and it's now a big part of shoulder arthroplasty practice, uh, but not something I ever did because the indications were very narrow when I started, and I hadn't been trained on it. So I really decided not to uh, experiment and try to do one here or there when the indications fit. Uh, And now it's really an important part of every arthroplasty surgeon's armamentarium. And I think in this uh, article, they do a nice job of reviewing the different types of implants and the pros and cons and some of the technical considerations when deciding to choose an implant. Have you done one yet? 
No, I made that decision a long time ago not to start. And then it became more common to do. But since I didn't start, it was kind of my practice evolved in a different direction. Understood. Moving on, we have another current concept out of France. This is virtual training and the reality of taking a break as a surgeon, which I thought was a really interesting, not surgical technique, but more uh, career management type review. Yeah, this is an interesting article about take, you know, if you take a break as a surgeon for whatever reason that you take some time away, uh, the issue of using virtual training. And I, I'm fascinated by the parallels between um, pilots and surgeons and the safety measures we, we both take and how pilots do, I think, a, a much better job at safety than surgeons. Um, you know, if a pilot, if a surgeon has a really bad thing happen in the operating room and there's a big problem, it's called a complication. If a pilot has something really bad happen and the plane goes down, everyone on board is dead and so is the pilot. So it's not surprising that um, they figured out safety a little bit ahead of surgeons. And part of that is not only checklists, which I'm a big fan of in the operating room, but also uh, virtual reality, virtual uh, simulation training. So this article is about use, I think VR and surgical simulation simulators are coming along, but I think we have a little ways to go to catch up to the pilots where uh, uh, in aviation for airline pilots, commercial aviation, the simulators basically reality. I mean, you can't, when you're in the simulator, it's like being in a real airplane. Mm. So we have a little ways to go there, but uh, I think things are improving and one day we will have good surgical simulation for training. Yeah. As a journal, uh, frequent journal reviewer and uh, statistics editor, I have seen just in the last few years, a, a large number of surgical training assessments uh, come across my desk. So it does seem that there are a lot of different systems being evaluated and, and hopefully we will move towards something that really gives the fidelity necessary for high quality training. But then what interested me about this piece is it's more about maintenance of skills uh, for experienced surgeons, which is not something I'd seen before. So definitely worth uh, having a look at if you're interested. And finally, among the current concepts, there is a study near and dear to my heart as an epidemiologist, the effects of smoking on clinical outcomes of ACL reconstruction, which is not something we talk much about is the effect of smoking on surgical recovery and, and outcomes. I mean, just about every uh, uh, procedure in orthopedic surgery where smoking has been studied has shown worse outcomes in smokers. Um, in, you know, things that are maybe sort of obvious, like bone healing, spinal fusion, or high tibial osteotomy, but pretty much everything else, rotator cuff as well. So I encourage all smokers to quit smoking around their surgery. Uh, not that I'm making a judgment about their right to smoke or whether it's bad for their health, but just that if they're going to have an operation, at least quit for a few months to recover and heal from the surgery. And I think ACL is uh, no exception. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think smoke, uh, surgeons should be smoking in the operating theater either. Is that correct? Uh, I haven't seen a surgeon smoke in an operating theater. I don't know if that's ever been attempted. Probably has. But certainly have seen uh, and know some that have uh, smoked between cases. 
you know, this is a little bit of an aside, but going way back to the very beginning of my career as a, an epidemiologist, I worked at a, a cancer center in, uh, in Tampa, Florida, and there was an old English oncologist who would uh, tuck into his office, open the window, and smoke would come seeping out from under the door as he had his afternoon cigarette. So do as I say, not as I, <laughs> not as I do. Yeah, I have similar stories. All right. Uh, so that's our wrap-up of our uh, current concepts in the newsletter. But there were a number of courses over the last uh, few months that are profiled. You can uh, read about those. Uh, one was the Anna Isakos Knee and Shoulder Arth- Arthroscopy course, uh, which was, this was the one that you mentioned in Florida. Is that correct? Yeah, it was in, uh, in Miami. And there were mainly uh, Latin American attendees. Uh, I was uh, fortunate to be invited as a faculty where um, we had several other faculty from uh, South America as well as uh, United States. And it was really a great course. It was really focused on surgical skills of the knee and shoulder where uh, participants got a lot of hands-on training. And it was in conjunction with Anna, co-sponsored. Another co-sponsored surgical skills lab was Isikos with APCAS and TOSSM. This meeting was in Thailand, I believe. Correct. And uh, Guillermo Arce, along with David Parker, uh, represented uh, Isikos uh, there and uh, also looked like uh, with with multiple other uh, Isakos faculty, Sashin Tabasi, uh, Brett Frisch, Patrick Young, Daniel Slutel, uh, Isakos faculty from around the world. So uh, looked like a great course as well. <clears throat> yes, no question. A great way to learn some surgical skills from some some experts in the field. Uh, and finally, the inaugural Isikos Knee Arthroplasty Forum was in October in Chile. Uh, yeah, this, I, for, I, I wasn't there, but I understand it was a great success uh, thanks to the work of David Figueroa, who was the uh, local organizer and also Willem van der Merwe from South Africa, who uh, helped him as well organize it and run it. And uh, I understand it was so successful that they're considering maybe doing this uh, Knee Arthroplasty Forum uh, on off years uh, when there's no Congress. Uh, so uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. But, uh, you know, knee arthroplasty was a big part of the founding of Isikos, uh, the International Society of Knee Surgeon Surgery, as I mentioned at the outset, merged with uh, the International Arthroscopy Association. Those two made Isikos. And so the knee surgery one had a lot of arthroplasty. And it's always been part of Isakos, so focusing on it is something that the society is interested on and that this um, this meeting on off years, the Arthroplasty for the Arthroplasty Forum accomplishes. This was a meeting I, I really was hoping to attend, uh, given that most of my current personal research portfolio is in knee and hip arthroplasty. Uh, but it was tough to tough to justify the the trip for a two day meeting. Uh, from Japan to Chile, but hopefully in the future, I'll be able to attend. And uh, wrapping up, we did have a number of awards and fellowships that were granted. You can read about the winners and the background of those awards and why these winners were chosen. These are both for people being awarded uh, for their accomplishments and their contributions to Isakos. And then also uh, the new research grants were announced. So if you're curious about who won those uh, and see what kinds of projects won these awards, I think it's it's worth having a look. 
Uh, as always, the Issacos uh, newsletter just chock full of, of really uh, interesting and useful information. And it's a credit to you, Dr. Marks, as the editor for putting this together twice yearly for the membership to enjoy. Appreciate that. I really have uh, tremendous help from the Issacos office. They do the heavy lifting and very grateful for their fantastic work. Excellent. Well, thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Issacos podcast. And thank all of you for listening. And we will be back in your podcast feed soon. So wherever you are in the world, uh, please stay happy and healthy and hope to see you in Boston. <laughs>